0: Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. How are we this morning? That's good. Let's get myself set up. As Nate said, my name is Josh. And I'm going to bring the word this morning. Once I get myself set up. New case, it's great, but I don't know how to use it yet. So. <laughs> that is also great. Hey, awesome! So <laughs> we're coming into our second week of our "God in Us" series on the Holy Spirit at the moment, and Pastor Brett. Beck brought an amazing message last week and starting off the series really just introducing us to the Holy Spirit and who He is in our lives and really He's just this part of the Trinity that we don't tend to talk about too much in the church. So that's why we wanted to do this series, we really wanted to, I guess, introduce you to who the Holy Spirit is and what He can do in our lives. So if you want to hear, hear last week's message, it's amazing, it's up on, on podcasts, so get on to that, it's awesome. Before I get started this morning, I'm just going to pray, and then we're just going to get into the Word. Yes, Lord, I just pray this morning, Lord. I just pray that that you speak to people this morning, Lord, that what I bring, that it touches people's lives, Lord, touches people's hearts, and that people are transformed, and that you are here today, that your presence is here, that you come and fill our lives today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So about two years ago, before... I started working at the cafe that I currently work at. I was working as an outdoor ed instructor down in Dwellingup, which is about an hour away from Perth. And what would happen is these groups would come, and they would come from all over WA. We would even get groups from over east, and they would all come to our campsite for a few days to just experience this outdoor ed adventure life, and they would do all these different activities. It would be so much fun. Um, One of those activities that we did was abseiling. And I've got a picture of an abseiling tower up there. And basically what abseiling is, is you climb up this ladder and then you get to the top of this tower. And it's sort of like this platform there. You get hooked in with all these ropes. And then you slowly walk backwards towards the edge. And you lean over. You walk down the tower. And yeah, you walk along the wall. It's pretty cool. So I understand that heights isn't everyone's cup of tea. Like Everyone's scared of different things. And heights is a pretty understandable thing to be scared of, right? But... Something that I found interesting was when we did this activity that it often wasn't the children that were scared. It was often the adults, it was often the parents, it was often the teachers that actually started freaking out. It was, it was when they were fine climbing up the ladder, but when they got to the top, looking over the edge, looking over and looking at where they were supposed to be going and how they were supposed to get there, that is when the freak out started for them. I remember that there was this one time, there was this group of over 100 kids, like, the campsite was maxed out, Every Bed was taken, came down to our campsite. They were, they were year sixes, and obviously their teachers couldn't look after all of them at once. So they got parents coming along as well, and teachers are used to dealing with huge groups of children. But these parents, they had if one kid in year six. So dealing with this group of a 100 seemed impossible for them. And... We were doing this activity of sailing about halfway through the week and it was going all really well. Like the children were smashing it. They were going through it so fast and I was like, this is awesome. They're building up their confidence. They're going to be able to get a second go. They're going to be able to get a third go if we can do this fast enough. But before we let them go again, we'll get the parents to go. That's always, always fun. got to this one parent and he was a huge guy and I I don't mean that as an insult like he was built like a truck like he was a machine right and because he looked a bit different to all the other parents it's like he built this relationship with all the kids these kids were like oh my gosh this guy's awesome I want to I want him to be my best mate so there was this one dad and he had this whole posse of kids around him and then he came up the absailing tower he was a really manly man he was like I'm gonna do this This it's gonna be awesome gets up to the top I strap him in he's all good to go, he's pretty confident, and then he walks over to the edge of the tower. He walks over the edge of the tower, he looks over the edge, and I could just see in his eyes that he was not ready to do this. And it was, he had all these kids, that were cheering for him, he was, and really they were building up his motivation, so he gets over the edge. He gets over the edge, his legs are hanging over the edge, his legs are in front of him, and then he stops. What a point to get to, right? He's halfway over the edge, probably like a meter down the wall. There's no chance of him coming back up now. He's frozen in place. And we started talking, a few minutes went by, and I realized that he wasn't going to get down by himself. There was no way that he was going to be able to keep walking by himself. And what happens is when you get to this point that the person actually has to let go of their rope. The person who's going down, they're controlling themselves, but if they want me to lower them down, they actually have to let go of the rope that's keeping them where they are. They have to let go of this rope that would get them down the bottom if they could do it by themselves, but they can't. So he had to let go, and yeah, he had to trust me, which would have been pretty scary. <laughs> so it's not an easy feat for him. It's not like I can say, hey, let's just let go, go for it, but he actually has to take the step out, and he actually has to trust me and let go. And... This is what it can be like for us when we're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we start this relationship with Jesus. We invite him into our heart and it's amazing. But then as we lean over the edge, we start to try to do life by ourselves after we've given our heart to Jesus and realize that we can't do it by ourselves anymore. We realize that we have to trust him, that we have to trust him to lead us. We have to trust him to, to go in front of us so we can get into the full potential that God has for us. And we need to yeah, we need to put this trust in the Holy Spirit to lead us and fulfil his role in our life. In John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says this. He says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, your helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now in this verse, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, and he gives him the title of Helper. And in the Greek, this word Helper is translated to Parakletos, which means one who is called alongside. And his disciples experience this calling alongside. They experience this indwelling of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And I just want to skip forward to that part of the story. In Acts chapter two, verses one to four, it says this: When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This sounds amazing. It sounds powerful. And honestly, it sounds kind of scary because it would have been something that felt like they hadn't experienced before because they hadn't. Because... This permanent indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our lives, it could only happen after Jesus sacrificed his life on the cross. This doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit didn't exist before that day, before the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit, he was alive and he was active. And we see this throughout the, whole, throughout the Old Testament. And at Pentecost, his role didn't change but rather the, His availability and how frequently He could be active in our lives. That is what changed in that moment. There are so many examples of the Holy Spirit being active in the Old Testament. And there's examples of, of people prophesying, of supernatural leadership, supernatural teaching. And, but the first time the Bible actually talks about the Holy Spirit coming and um, filling someone was in Exodus chapter 31, verses 1 to 5. And it says this, Says, then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. I read this, and at first I'm like, This isn't the Holy Spirit I know. For me growing up, Holy Spirit didn't get talked about a huge amount, but when the Holy Spirit was talked about, he was talked about with all these other words like prophecy and speaking in tongues and spiritual gifts and supernatural healing and all these words that I didn't really understand when I was growing up. And the Holy Spirit, he does work in these areas. Don't get me wrong. The Holy Spirit does work in these areas. But the thing about the Holy Spirit is He isn't about being showy. He isn't about putting on this big show. That He's actually about transformation in our lives. So that's, what his, that's what's important to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't care how showy it is for other people. The Holy Spirit really cares about how lives are being transformed. In my life, I've rarely got a job I've been qualified for. It's really weird. It's really weird. And... I've never started a degree that really makes sense. And it's been really interesting. But looking back at it now, I can I can see that if I was trying to accomplish those things that I stepped into quite similarly just by myself, there are so many times that things would have gone wrong and they just would have gone down to the toilet. When I graduated high school in 2015, I started this accounting degree at uni, right? And I was learning so much through it but got to the stage that I was really bored. Like, I'm sorry if there's any accountants in this room, but accounting was really boring. So I was like, okay, no, I can't live my life doing this. I need to find something else to do. So through prayer and sort of talking to God and stuff, I decided that I was going to switch to primary school teaching. And about the same time, I got my Outdoor Ed instructor job down in Dwellingup. And it was just, it was weird, because I didn't have any experience in Outdoor Ed. I'd done it a bit in school, but somehow through a friend, I've got this job that I was leading everyone else on these activities that some of them I learned the day before I was leading them on. It was insane. <laughs> now, I learned some amazing schools, skills in both these arenas. I learned all these practical, amazing skills as an outdoor ed instructor, and I relearned all the stuff I'd forgotten from school when I did teaching. It was amazing. But now I realized that as I walked in the Holy Spirit, that He was actually equipping me. Not just in those skills, those skills I learned from other people, but he was equipping me in all these different ways to fulfill these future roles that he had for me in glorifying him. I was actually spending my days learning how to interact with young people and learning how to speak into their lives. Now, I'm no longer at uni doing teaching degree. I'm no longer working at this outdoor ed camp. But looking back at it, there was so much favor from God in there. And the Holy Spirit was really equipping me in that season and... He was giving me these skills that I hadn't learned and teaching me to use them. And now all these skills and knowledge that the Holy Spirit gave me, that I'm actually using them now. Every time I interact with a teen at Lift Youth, I'm using them. And every time I walk into Lift Kids, I'm using those skills that the Holy Spirit gave me to hopefully impact their lives. And for Bezadel, this imparting of wisdom, these understanding, these skills, they enabled... They enabled him to transform his life, but also the lives of those around him. Uh, Bezedel used these skills that God had given him to build a tabernacle, which was like this tent-type thing that traveled around with their community, but actually hosted the presence of God. That—that That is where the community went to meet with God. So that was really something that he used, his skills that the Holy Spirit had given him to really transform the lives of those around him. And that's awesome, and it's amazing that the Holy Spirit can have that power in our lives. But for Him to be able to be active in our lives, for Him to be able to fulfill His role, to bring that transformation, we first need to learn how to trust Him. I would never have put myself into the position to receive the things the Holy Spirit had for me if I hadn't trusted Him first. And I don't know about you this morning, but if I want to, get to, know, if I want to trust somebody, I first have to get to know them. When I was up in that abseiling tower and that man, he had begun his journey, but he got stuck. It wasn't just a thing of him letting go and me letting him down the tower, but if I wanted to play my role in that situation, if I wanted to be active in that situation and do my job, then he actually had to let go and trust me. He had to actually trust me to fulfill my role. And... To form that bond, I started asking him questions. I started asking questions about his family, about his work, about the kid that he had on camp, and started to get to know him. And there was this relationship that was established between us. It wasn't anything deep or full of substance. We only talked for three minutes, but it was enough to get him down to the bottom of the tower. it can be the same for us, that if we decide to take this amazing step, first step and give our hearts to Jesus that we're now living in the grace of God but if we truly want to walk in all that God has for us and fulfill what the Holy Spirit wants for our lives we have to trust him we have to develop his trust in him and not just at an anointing service not just on prayer nights although those nights are amazing and they're transformative but in our everyday that we need to develop this relationship with the Holy Spirit not just on a Sunday but on our Monday and on our Tuesday and every day of our lives and so this morning, I just want to share with you just three keys of how we can really strengthen our relationship with the Holy Spirit and develop this trust in Him in our everyday. Now, the first key this morning is diving into His Word daily. Now, the Bible is the Word of God, and if we want to get to know the Holy Spirit, what better place to go than into His Word, right? And as we begin to know and understand the Bible, we really begin to understand the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, verses 26, it says this But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. But this can only happen if we're reading his word in the first place. That if we make reading our Bible a daily discipline, daily we'll grow in our understanding of the Holy Spirit, and through this we'll be, begin to trust him more. And it doesn't have to look like opening our Bible to a random page and hoping God talks to us. I've done that before. It does not work for me. <laughs> it might work for someone else in this room, but it does not work for me. A great tool that we can use to really, to really develop our Bible reading life and really develop that, relationship with the Holy Spirit is, there's Bible plans that these, on, on your phone you can get these Bible plans that really, they don't just dive into the Word, but they also have this discussion, this devotion afterwards that really helps you pull apart His Word and really understand it, so it's not just words on the page, but it's, it's God-breathed, that it actually has this power to transform our lives. And the second key this morning for getting to know the Holy Spirit is to spend time with Him. Whenever I meet someone new and I want to get to know them, I don't just sit in the corner and hope that all this knowledge about them just comes to me somehow. I need to have a conversation with him. I need to talk to them. I need to get to know them. And it's the same with the Holy Spirit, that we need to have a conversation with Him daily if we want to get to know Him. And this can be as easy as when we wake up in the morning, just setting aside five minutes just to... Talk to the Holy Spirit and just like any conversation, if we're talking the whole time and the other person isn't able to speak at all, we're not going to get to know them at all. They're going to get to know us amazingly, but we won't know them at all and they probably won't like us at the end of it. So the Holy Spirit will still like you at the end of it regardless, but we really need to sometimes just sit and wait. And wait for the Holy Spirit to speak to us. To have that two-sided conversation with Him and really get to know Him. And the third key this morning for getting to know the Holy Spirit is to desire Him. And whilst prayer and reading our Bible, they're amazing, they're life-changing disciplines and they can truly help us get to know and get to trust the Holy Spirit. If we seek after the person of the Holy Spirit and we trust and we thirst for Him, He'll be able to move in our lives. In John chapter seven, verses thirty seven to thirty nine it says this says, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture had said, has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Now, the Holy Spirit is waiting, and He's wanting to be active in our lives, but there needs to be this want in our hearts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we need to bring our place, ourselves to the place of readiness. So we need to, be, we ha- need to have this readiness for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, to let go of that rope that we've been grasping onto, and to seek out the Holy Spirit and be ready to walk in this relationship, to move in this relationship that brings transformative power into our life and into our circumstances and into the lives of those around us. Yeah. Now if the band could just come up this morning and if we can action these steps in our lives, we can really begin to trust the Holy Spirit. We can really give Him the opportunity to, to fulfill His role in our life as the helper and bring this transformation in our life. So if you are trusting the Holy Spirit this morning, if you start building this relationship that it's not something that you just get to and you're done, but it's something that we're constantly working on. There's this relationship that we're constantly building and constantly going through. And if we can put in this effort to really get to know the Holy Spirit, then I know that He can release us into the potential that He has for us, that He can call you out into the greatness that He has planned for you and and really lead you to the place that God has promised for your life this morning. Yep. Now I'm just going to pray for everyone and then it's just going to hand back over to Pastor Nate. Yes Lord, I just pray this morning, I just pray that that you're speaking to people today Lord, that I just pray that you're coming into people's hearts Lord and transforming their lives Lord and I pray that as we seek after this relationship with you, as we seek up to, to know you on a deeper level, Lord. I pray that we just develop this trust with you, this trust for you to be able to just transform our lives, just take hold and, and walk beside us as we walk this, this adventure we call life, Lord. And all this I pray in your name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lift, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.